Hello, friends, neighbors, listeners from all over the English-speaking world and beyond. Right, here we go. This is the Attitudes of Sexual Integrity podcast. My name is Russ Shaw. This is episode number nine in season five of this digital audio internet quest. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. Yes, listeners, this is episode number nine. I am your host, Russ Shaw. Soundgarden and Johnny Cash kicking off the episode as usual. And later on, some Skillet. I know, the new Skillet, right? I don't know, whatever you think. I I like it. I'm going to play it. Uh, uh, Bumpers. Anyway. ASI247.org is the website for this here podcast. Today on the podcast, my friend Seth Taylor and I talk about my pilgrimage and the book Feels Like Redemption. Excited to talk about that. Excited for what's going on at Triple X Church with the process of people seeing. Like if you're serious, I'm talking serious, not playing around, not trying to do border patrol and be the theology police, but really trusting God, living in the spirit, understanding what that even means. Um, you got to check out my pilgrimage. All right. You just, you just got to have an open mind because this kind of closed minded sort of hoarding kind of attitude is, it's part of the problem. All right. I hate to break it to you, but that's yeah, that's part of the problem. Um, also on the podcast today, um, the survey page is up. And if you would like to fill out a survey to kind of get into some questions that I, the host, am asking you personally about your recovery, about approaching the realm of sexual addiction, uh, you can do that on the website, asi247.org. I do read those on the show from time to time. Um, I just changed some of the language in one of the survey questions on the God and Me survey. So I have a uh, a survey called God and Me, a life-giving relationship or toxic religion. This is one of the, it's the most popular survey on the survey page. And it gets into one of those very intimate, very um, down in there kind of things that we wrestle with, right? Things that we wrestle with in private. Um, Our relationship with the creator or the universe, to use that word. It's personal. It's deeply personal. And I do ask some questions on that because I believe that some of this stuff on well-being, on purpose, on is my life, do I matter in the universe? Am I just a, a, a cosmic piece of space, you know, mud or saliva, right? Am I am I just a, a small spittle in a Petri dish or do, it's, do I matter in the world? These, these questions matter to our, our psyche. It, they matter to our very being. So I get into them and I ask some of these questions in that survey um, because I think a lot of us have had 
some abuse spiritually and the way we think about God, we're trying to make that sense out of it. And it can cause a lot of stress, right, in our in our being and in in the way our lives unfold. Uh, your relationship with God is one of the most important things, I believe, that you will wrestle with in this life. Um, I changed question number eight, some of the wording of it, just because people were stopping there. A lot of folks would get up to number seven, and then they would go to number eight and have, you know, like, eh, I don't know how to answer that. So I rephrased the question. It's kind of the same question, but I rephrased it. Um, and here's question number eight. Do you remember a time when your faith became real by deconstruction? To use that word. Um, no longer your parents or tribes, but your own. I put that in parentheses. Can you describe in a story by drawing an emotional word picture of how that felt? Um, that's question number eight. And those are the kind of questions where you, the listener, get creative with answering it. All right. Um, not just saying what it looks like in some kind of systematic list of, well, you know, they don't know that that's a personal question that's going to stir some emotion. And if, if you could tell a story about what that looks like. And I, I'll be transparent here as I'm asking you to be in filling out some of these surveys. And listen, I'm not a therapist, all right? This is not digital therapy. I'm not a doctor or clinician of any sort or kind, right? I have no formal education in anything. But I have been around the block, so to speak. I'm not a moron um, when I do ask these questions. But again, this is like infotainment, all right? Uh, And part of it is, you know, I do this show not for the money. I do. I have been asking for donations lately because my life is stressed financially and the time it takes to do this. Like I don't do it. I, I, if I had the money to do it for free constantly, I would do a show every week. Um, but that's just not reality with the way that bills and everything kind of unfolds, right? There's a certain amount of time that I have to dedicate to certain projects. And I feel like moving this thing forward is, is going to take a, a book, Right. Um, an audio book to start. And so th- that's kind of the path I'm taking. But anyway, not to not to get off topic. Um, I, I do the surveys. I do the show because I care and I've been there and I know how it feels. All right. I know how it feels to be in that place of stuckness. I know what it felt like to go, I said I would never do this again, and I freaking did it again, right? I've been there, man. I- I've suffered like that, and that's why I- I'm here, all right? Stretching the muscles of belief and um, purpose and thinking on those things. It has everything to do with this kind of suffering. All right. To use that word. Um, so can you draw Russ Shaw? Don't avoid the question, right? I asked you a question, (laughs) me talking to myself. Uh, see, I told you I have issues. I'm right. I'm working on those, uh, (laughs) having a dialogue with my own self, but that I asked myself a question and I want me to answer it. I'm going to, um, can you describe, uh, in a story by drawing an emotional word picture of how it felt. 
Um, when I kept praying and praying and asking God to take this from me and hoping it would go away and getting on my knees and feeling really bad because I thought that if I felt bad, if I could feel worse, you know, if I could just, oh, really hate my sin, um, that that would fix it. And it didn't. And over time, I honestly, I felt abandoned. Um, if there's this emotional word picture I could draw of that, there's almost in every story, right? Every good story that's out there. I think of the Lion King, right? Where Simba is banished, where he, he saw his father die and in he's suffering he's in this desert like place and he feels like no one's there for him no one cares about him and then he meets right Pumbaa and Timon right and he lives this kind of akuna matata life for a while i've been through those phases those kind of akuna matata life is a party just you know it's existential um eat drink be merry for tomorrow we die right and that philosophy I felt like that, right? I felt like, okay, God, if you're there, maybe you're a mean kid with an ant farm, you know? Um, And really what it was was the walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And we all journey through that in our lives. Um, Every story has a part where the person who wants something comes to the place of despair, right? The person who's just seeking peace or on a journey or whatever it is, there's that place. You know, if our lives didn't get to some of those places, they would be pretty boring, wouldn't they? So this is part of God loving us in delivering us into and out of those places. But it takes relationship with our Creator, not just you know, thinking that the rule book didn't work, right? Because that's how I looked at the Bible. I looked at my theology. I looked at it as a systematic set of rules. And it's really, I learned through the process of growth and through the process of healing, through understanding what grace is, through having gratitude, different times and periods through my life that I'm thankful for this life, right? And it doesn't have to be this bad, and it isn't that bad, and and sex is something good that God created, and it doesn't have to be dirty and gross, and I have to hoard something over here all to myself. And so I hope that makes sense. I don't know how I would put that in a paragraph, right? I just explained something that, I don't know, emotional word picture to describe it that's really short it felt like abandonment and then learning that I actually had a father who was watching over me, who didn't forget about me, who wanted me to grow in the process of coming out of that jungle or field um, the Jungle Book. I just watched that movie, the live-action Jungle Book. I think that's a that's a good example of it. So that's a, there's a short answer for you, right? <laughs> Coming out of being raised by wolves into, you know, finding your place in this life amongst the 
uh, tigers of the world, so to speak. So there you go. Anyway, today, Seth Taylor and I in this video, man, uh, Seth Taylor and I are friends and I wanted to say that first of all, but also uh, I'm not just doing this because uh, you know, the reason Seth and I are friends, I think the reason we hit it off is because this guy's been saying stuff that I've been saying for a long time. Um, and actually the science has come to a point where, uh, right. This scientific world understands some of what's going on in, in the realm of even spirituality. They would explain it as metaphysics or something like that. Maybe I have been doing this podcast for 11 years. All right. I have listened to and researched and diligently um, studied addiction, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, compulsive behavior, intimacy, church, right? Not just theology. And I've studied that too, but, but church and social psychology, spiritual well-being all right and what that looks like these these have been topics that i've geeked out on it's not like i went into study them because i had to and i had to pass a test of some sort i actually like this stuff right uh, i'm curious about it i want to know more i want to grow more i want to see other people become free from the things that have held them in just torturous bondage like I was I want right these are the things that I I care about and I've studied them as yes the professional unprofessional that I am the uneducated guy with learning disabilities right as an ADHD person all right listen one of the things that we do we're not always unfocused all right sometimes we are hyper focused we fight we find something we care about and we tend to kind of hyper focus on it which can be tough on our relationships right the sexual thing was that was part of that right um as i've studied this stuff i've learned what works and what doesn't um seth taylor um his brother in the the work the feels like redemption book you know i don't usually say this you're going to hear it in the video uh what i what i think about this work and and what Triple X Church is doing with it, and um, I'm excited for these guys because, really, I, I I recommend it. All right, I I highly recommend it. There you go. Anyway, here's me and Seth to to let you know what's going on in the beginning of this video. Um, I had the selfie stick, right? I forgot my tripod, and I put my phone. I recorded it on my phone. There's a video. It's on the YouTube page. If you go to asi247.org, you can find your way onto that. Uh, what I was doing was I was trying to prop up, we were trying to dig a hole in the grass a little bit to put the selfie stick in the grass to be like a tripod. And then we just gave up. So I, I just started the video as I'm holding the selfie stick and Seth reacts to it at the beginning. So you'll hear that at the beginning of this video. Here you go. Hey. How's it going, man? I guess you just have to hold it. Well, just hold it. <laughs> Here we are at the park in Bellevue, yeah. and you are launching. Tell me what you're you got going on with Triple uh, X Church over there. Well, we we're doing a huge 
uh, launch of my pilgrimage. It's been out there for a while, but it's been we've been kind of niche marketing it. Right. But right now we are out there and we're blasting it to the world. And uh, it's right now available. It's only available till the 20th. This is the last time we're going to sell it this year. Because right. it's, it's a package deal that has an online. We do it online small groups as a part of a book, guidebook, film series whole thing and because of the small group element to it we have to register those things and there's an actual thing that we run so we can't just sell it as one books. big thing right yeah, so yeah. The, this so, is the last big push for that yeah the last, well for this year well we'll sell it again next year but right now if you want it it's available right it's right there mypilgrimage.com and this is me russ shaw for whatever it's worth i'm the professional unprofessional i have no degrees or magna cum latte mocha <laughs> Freaking cappuccino yeah. degrees about me, but I have been around this thing for a long time. Yeah. I've done the podcast for uh, going on 11 years now. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of guests on the show, and just just we from should get you an honorary degree. <laughs> you, you deserve one. Just right? from sheer <laughs> dude, just from sheer research and understanding of not just addiction yeah. and compulsive behavior. But well-being, which is really at the root and the heart of this, yeah. and I'm I'm here. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I don't usually do this. Like every time I've had an author on the show, I go, you know what, dude? I'm more interested in you and who wrote this or made this material than I am your material. Like yeah. I'm not a book salesman. I've always said that in the podcast, but I am endorsing Seth Taylor. I'm endorsing, endorsing. my pilgrimage as a real viable, not just a way to stop jerking off to porn or. Right? Stop with your whatever compulsive behavior that's jacking with your marriage. Yeah. But, you know, you go into elements of love addiction, yeah. which is really, you know, it's the relational aspect to this is so important. Yeah. Your, our relationship with God as creator, as father, yeah. as uh, not just this sky fairy trying to right that we just pray and hope things are for the best but a real tangible relationship spiritually with god well and, and beyond father our relationship with god is mother our relationship exactly. with god relate which is a mirror of our relationship with ourselves yeah and you know what we're trying to do is heal the soul exactly and use our spirits to do it it's we're trying to teach people to walk in the spirit yeah we're asking people to do because it's not it's not about porn we've been doing this a long time him and i we've been doing this a long time it's not about porn it's if not, you're doing porn, it's not about the porn. The porn is medicine. That's all it is. It's and an it, anesthetic. And it's yeah. Right. And it's and it's one. Well, it's a unique type of medicine. It it's is a uni- meeting a unique need. Yeah. It is, it is us walking around in our wounded younger selves, trying to find a way to get our needs met. Yeah. And 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 that is not something to be ashamed Nakedly, of. Nakedly too. It, there's yeah. a, the naked aspect of it. The yeah. the fact that we don't necessarily share that yeah. with everyone. We don't want everyone knowing about it. Right makes it different than like smoking True. or yeah. drinking or yeah. chewing your fingernails yeah. I don't know there's a there's a element of a relationship and nakedness and vulnerability and yeah. intimacy about it that uh, well, anyway. and it's because it's the deep it's their deepest need man. it's at the core yeah the need to know to be know and be known love and be loved and connect to ourselves at the deepest most intimate root and and it's one of those things where it's not something to be ashamed of. It's something to have compassion on. We'd be able to have compassion on ourselves. We'd be able to have compassion for what is what we're trying to accomplish in such a poor way. Yeah. You know. So what I'm hoping to do is show people how to walk in the spirit in a way that can heal that part of them. And I always tell them it's like it's not that hard. When you heal the wound, you don't need the medicine. You will feel that shift inside your body immediately. You're like I don't understand, but I just don't need 
need it. Yeah. Like I did. Yeah. And it's and it's just one of those things where it's kind of a miraculous thing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Walking in the spirit is different than kind of outward in obedience. Because you hear a lot of Christians who use the word obedience. Like yeah. you just need to be obedient. Well, obedient to who? Right. Because if okay. you've set up this God and designed this God who demands your obedience, sure. that's not a relationship. That's more of a yeah. law enforcement. It's law. It's law. And, it, and it's a weird thing. The entire New Testament's about dealing with that. Paul's writing is about dealing with that. Going exactly. at, at what point? And, and that's the thing is that's why I said the question is when you say who are we obeying? Which construct? Which reading of scripture? Which who's God? Because everyone's God seems to be a little bit different. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Are you and me raised with the God that like? hates you and doesn't ever want you to have money all right, right? yeah <laughs> like, yeah some people's got it like wants you to have a million dollars you know somebody's got like all these different god constructs that we create in our image because we need it to survive and the reality is that the spiritual journey is a journey into the unknown right yeah, i mean god is actually yahweh the uneffable the, the thing that is deeply mystery we should be moving deeper and deeper into that um, right into the unknown and just loosening our grip on things you know yeah, so, yeah, getting into goal. that, and that's that relational spirit space yeah. that we're actually communing. We're actually in the presence of God, yeah. rather than just, you know, going through a systematic um, kind of, I don't know, like exercise of right. religion. It feels like it works, doesn't it? Like some of that stuff feels like it works, and it does short term. I never, right? I, I, that, I never yeah, felt I, it though. I saw, <laughs> I could see it work. Yeah, yeah, feel. yeah. Yeah, right? like that was like a dieting. That's why we call my book "Feels Like Redemption." Feels like, like redemption. at some point we should do something that feels good. Yeah, there should yeah. be something where we go. I just feel different. I, exactly. I could see. I was going. If I was sober for three months, I'd be like, "Well, yeah, I didn't look at porn for three months. Good job." Why don't I feel any different? Yeah, you know what I mean. Why do I still feel? And then you still feel the little, you know, that thing in there going, "Oh, well, you know, yeah. she's just on the other side of that screen." She's waiting for you. You know, it's like right. it has a voice in right. there. It's there. And when you when waiting you feel, when you change that kind of, uh, you and I would call it consciousness, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's a different there's a different level of consciousness right. you get to where you start to recognize that voice yeah. and go, wait, this isn't helping. This isn't solving it. Because for me, you know, getting off the porn set and still struggling with my ADHD, which is really mania, which is depression. Yeah. Right, uh, inside out kind of depression. Yeah. Going to a therapist for the last. When I first interviewed you, I was the, the stuff you're talking about is the stuff that I've been exercising that's been working right. with my therapist. Right. You know, yeah. And it's seen as Eastern by most Christians. Right. Right. But yeah. Well, what's, what's funny because Christianity is an Eastern religion. I mean, <laughs> that's about, right. You know what I mean? We act yeah. like some white guy came up with it on the West Coast <laughs> in 1963 or something. Like that. <laughs> that's right. It's like it was born yeah. in the East, and it's East because in the East, they, they, I mean, but it, it, I mean, in ancient ancient Christians, like we're talking about, you know, for the first five, six, seven, eight hundred years, they were looking at it, going, well, "Of course, it has to be experienced." Right. Mm, it's true. Can be experienced if it's true. If it's real, it doesn't have to be believed in. It can be experienced, and so somehow. We, you know, like we had, a, oh, you'll love this. I'm going to tell you story. So yesterday, so we have a 30-day money-back guarantee on my pilgrimage. We're that oh, confident nice. in it. And we also understand that's that's kind of a gift to the fundamentalists because someone's going to get it and they're going to read it and they go, wait a minute. They're going to try and pick it apart. Right. They're, you know, they're, they're, people will buy it where all they're looking to do, they're not looking to be free of anything. They're looking to find another thing to affirm their, their own current belief systems. Right. And we had somebody, we had, you know, we had somebody buy it and then they, it was a, a married couple and they bought it. And then they sent us an email back right away, like the first day, like we want our money back. And then the, the questions that we asked them are, uh, how far into it did you get? So we watched one video and skimmed the book. And then it's like, and then it said reasons for returning this. And they said, 
It's not a biblical approach. We, it doesn't eradicate sin. And, and Jesus, and then they came up, this, this is weird, it's like, God does not want us talking to the dead. And that was an odd thing. And, I, and, and what? I know, I know. Because we were, cause, you know, my brother and I were dealing with some pain around our father's death. Right, and there was some yeah. Experience there. And it was, and it's fascinating because then they said, we're looking for a biblical Jesus, Jesus loving approach. And I'm just sitting going, wow, that's the weirdest thing. Cause you can read a review. You can read the reviews on Amazon. You can see for every three, for every person that's like that, there's three people that said, I've never experienced God with this type of love, this type of depth, this type of truth. And you start to realize, so we gave a 30 day money back guarantee so that the fundamentalists, once they realize we're actually dealing with something that's going to cause you to grow, it's going to cause yeah. you to confront your pain, it's going to cause you to deal with your belief systems and how they failed you, it's going to cause you to actually face God, you yeah. know, then, you know, because they want, we were very, we're adamant, we know that the fundamentalists don't want that, they want to go back to their God construct and pretend Until they, real. but they, I yeah. think that that's one of the things that I've always had, I've had a, a, a passion for too, is because those folks, and, and Paul Young too, man, my, my conversations with Paul Young. He's like, those are my people. Yeah. He says they're, they're hard, they're bitter. Sometimes. He says, but they're so in prison and they're so, yeah. you know, using that, that consciousness word again. There's yeah. a, there's a conscious, there's an unconsciousness to that kind of thinking that, if you realize, that it's not working, that you still have that porn mistress on the other side of the screen that keeps calling you and you keep returning to it like a like the uh, proverb serves like a dog to his vomit <laughs> yeah, when you realize that that's what you're actually doing yeah. see that's where God is being compassionate with your kind of material is that it's it's realizing the real relational aspect to it rather than the systematic yeah. shoulds and ought tos. When it's, it's, it's just the it's, law, right? It's respecting your choice as a human being. It you, is. If you want to yeah. eat your vomit, you can. Yeah. We're free. Yeah. When, when the, in Philippians, when Paul says that all things, right now, all things are permissible. Yeah. In Christ, all things are permissible. Though not all things are beneficial. Not all things are beneficial. Not beneficial. That's right. <laughs> and beneficial. that's a, that's another definition of sin. Right. So we don't like the word sin. A lot of folks, who, you know, the, the, the usual Seattle liberal Christian doesn't like the word sin. Yeah, no. The, the right. fundamentalists, they use the word sin, right? But really what it is, it's, it's a break in the construct. It sin is. Is, 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 I mean, it's like your friend. You you tell this story in the book of, of your friend who says he's totally comfortable with his his porn habit because he has way higher sex drive than his wife can handle. Right. And he believes he has grace. Right. And you kind of take some time to go into the beauty That's of the fact of, that he believes beautiful. that grace yeah. is there for him, but it's still a toxic relationship yeah. and that going, he has with the poor. That's what he wants, and he's got his con he's got his narrative, right? And he's got his thing. But his but you know when when we talk about the idea that where we where we where sin rises, grace rises higher. Yeah, that's, you know, for Second Corinthians twelve, right? Yeah, that idea, and that's and he's simply going, yeah. But the the the, the loss isn't a loss of God's love, and it's certainly not a loss of heaven. Yeah, it's a loss. It's a loss of an experience that he could have. Exactly, his life. a sexual uh, like. Ah, right, the, the orgasm inside you and your spouse and, and, and his own connection to his, his deep, deep soul. Yeah, you know, what I mean, we're talking about something that is a bit of a mystery, and most people want to. I mean, sex is a mystery that you can go into deeper and deeper and deeper. The question is, what do you want? It's the only question that matters. What do you want? Yeah, and this question goes with everything. It's not just sex. It's 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 everything we medicate on. It's it's abundance. It's the way we live our lives. It's joy. Right. You know? And so I don't. Know, we what we're trying to do is just lead people in. 
Yeah, we're not defining sin differently, guys like you and I. We're the Seattle liberal guys, you know? There was something my friend said that is beautiful. My friend John, he said that the more I, the more I follow Jesus, the more I piss off my conservative friends yeah. and my liberal friends, right? Like I'm too yeah. liberal for my conservative friends, too conservative for my liberal friends. Right. And, and what we're talking about, again, the def definition of that word sin is basically the psychologists have it, right? Dysfunction, disorder, addiction. These are modern definitions of the word sin, and that's that's what we're after. Well, I look at it as it, It's not we're redefining it. That's what it is. It's, well, it's a gap in consciousness. Everyone's doing the best yeah, they can. Yeah. Everyone, if you commit a sin, some part of you is doing that because some part of you believes it will get what it needs. Yeah. It's flat out that. And some people want to go, sin is sin. That's the favorite statement exactly. of fundamentalists. Because they have a God contract that's going to just take your head off. The reality is, 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 is God, I think the voice of the Spirit, the Spirit is constantly speaking to us. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? You can have it. Jesus Jesus was talking about that all the time. Yeah. And 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 so sin is just not helpful to think of it in moral terms. It's simply not helpful. Yeah. When we exactly. think about it in terms of consciousness, okay. So this guy's someone keeps doing this thing over and over again, like Paul said. I, I keep doing the things I don't want to do. Yeah. The things I hate, I do. Well, but the things I don't I do want to do, I don't. But he's asking this deep question and and about he's asking why. Why can't I see this? It's about your sight. Yeah. Jesus blessed people's sight, not their holiness. Yeah. He didn't bless their morality. He blessed their ability to see. He blessed Peter. It's Peter, who do you say that I am? Yeah. The son of God. And he says, it's the Holy Spirit that is showing you this. Yeah. Right? He's not saying, he's, simply, he's blessing his sight. It's the thief on the cross. Yeah. He's not saying, you're better than that guy. He's saying, you saw. Yeah. And that is a blessed thing. Yeah. Right? And, and that's the whole thing. Is What we're trying to do is show people how to see. And it starts with getting your gaze off the external and looking inward. Yeah. Where it's Jesus said the kingdom of God resides. It's a totally different set of eyes yeah. that Jesus was talking about. Right. It's funny how in, in philosophical... Uh, there's some guy that came out recently. And it's weird how hyper-intellectuals are taking this seriously. And basically, I don't know if you've heard this news story, but what they're saying is that we've... That we are living in the matrix. That there's a good argument for the fact, is they're saying that this, this could be fact, yeah. that we're all in some kind of computer simulation. <laughs> well, we are at some level, right? Right, we are. But that's, it's funny, and I think that that's, that's just another way of looking at the spirits and this physical world that we all live in. Well, it's like if you reference the matrix. So the matrix is built on the, about five or six different philosophers, philosophers 18th, yeah, 19th yeah. century philosophers, that were asking, that were questioning the nature of reality. Because and even quantum physics is diving into that space where they're saying it seems like reality is actually a creation of our own process. Exactly. Our own yeah, yeah. We create. It's like it's like Rob Bell says, right? We we shape our gods and then our gods shape us. Uh -huh. And so and there and spiritual teachers have been teaching this forever. They're just simply saying, yeah, yeah, whatever you think, you can create. And so the question is, what are we thinking here? And then what are we thinking here? And then what are we thinking here? Because we're thinking at multiple levels. That's right. Yeah. Which is why Appetite. we do the things we hate. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, what Our we... appetites are driven by a different set of Well, you and I talk about this right? all the time. Russ and I become good friends, okay? Because we yeah. got, we, him and I, a lot of it's our discussions around money. Yes. Yeah. We were both raised with <laughs> yeah. poverty stuff, right? After years of being away from the porn thing, we're like, right. there's this other thing. And it's, this and thing. it's way, for and me. it's got us stuck. It's like, that's our stuck. stuck thing, right? And for me, it was way harder than porn. Yeah. It was way harder than porn because I had this internal God inside me that every time I say, I really want to live that way or I want, it, I want to be able to do that, I had this thing inside me going, no. Yeah. And then I'd ask it why. And it'd say, you don't deserve it. And that was an internalized thing within my body. And my whole goal was, how do I change the thinking of whatever that is? Yeah. I can change it in my brain, no problem. I can sit there and create whatever I want in my brain. But it, I, how do I change that voice? Yeah. Because some part of me thinks different. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some part of me thinks that I don't deserve it. I don't deserve love. Love. I don't deserve a good sex life. I don't deserve 
money, I don't deserve prosperity, I don't deserve abundance, I don't deserve joy, I don't deserve any of the peace that, that seems to is supposed to pass understand. Yeah. And so, you know, my whole thing is how do we switch that thinking? And that has to be through spiritual means. Yeah. And being content with the journey along the way. Sure. Being That's one of the things that I learned and it's going through the whole Mars the Hill thing and the way that thing kind of fell apart and deconstructed yeah. uh, the, the beauty of that. One of the biggest things I learned is going through the Ten Commandments. I listened to uh, John Frame. I actually did a whole uh, season of the podcast. Season two is, I believe it's season two, is the Decalogue. So I, I was inspired by John Frame who was teaching uh, on the Ten Commandments at some seminary uh, theological reform seminary and I was also inspired by Good Charlotte's punk rock album kind of pop punk album The Chronicles of Life and Death <laughs> so those two things inspired me to do the, and the, but the last one it was the last one Seth that really got me I did the most shows on the 10th commandment which was basically this don't you know don't be in want for your brother's stuff right, right, right. be content with what you have right. but that's not and I used to think that that oh yeah that means you should just be content with being poor right. or or your lot in life or whatever it is, but that's that's not what it's saying. It's saying be content with the journey along the way with whatever God has for you. Well, and, it, and if you, as you process, if you can't feel content. Ask why. Yeah. Seek out the the answer to that. Why can't I be content? Yeah, that's good. Because there's something there. There's a wound there. There's energy there. There's something in there to help trying to. There are some. Most people I see, I go, there's. It's because we're surviving. We're too. We've got all this energy dedicated to surviving. Because you can't be content if you're a survivor. That's right. You can't. Because what if you don't have any money? Yeah. You can't possibly be content with that. That's right. I have. I. I, For. I lived for years with zero or less. Right. And I did it. Because I was going, I'm going to go into the parts of me that's freaking out, freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. I'm going to go into those things and I'm going to heal those wounds. Because I, if I'm ever going to be somebody who can produce, like produce just commerce, and produce creativity, produce you know bounty to use in the right. world. If I'm going to do that, then I have to deal with those parts of me that's that are only here to survive. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm that, gonna, that ego level, that monkey brain, that exactly. that lizard thing, right. to use yeah. some evolutionary biology kind of uh, philosophy. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or monkey yeah, brains, Buddha. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. But that's the thing. We're, we're trying to we're trying to, we're trying to heal those parts of us. And is, and the, the, when you face money and porn, it's really not that different. Yeah. They're, they're both dealing with desire in some way. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's one of those things where they're different. I think it's different kinds of medicine for different kind of wounds. But money becomes a really, really good little false narrative. Pornography is a false narrative. It's yeah. a story, and the and the best part of it about it is this girl just going, "You're the man. You're the man. You're the man. You're the man." Yeah, and you're going, "Yes, I'll I accept you. I'll accept you. Are you, you wanted. Yeah. You are loved. You are you're, this. You're you are needed. That. You know, I'll I'll never turn you away. Yeah. You know, and it's and just, it has a relational ties in right. that, right? And it plugs into those deep, deep, deep things inside yeah. of us. Money's the same way. I when I was when when I was making. 10 bucks an hour at Starbucks for 10 bucks an hour at Starbucks working 20 hours a week uh, I got a loan and bought a $50,000 SUV <laughs> see I call it's it America the, I called it the ego mobile <laughs> and I remember pulling up in this I've never told the story publicly I, I pulled up in a Starbucks uh-uh. in my ego mobile and I heard my ego <laughs> go now they're gonna see how successful you are. <laughs> That's right. They'll yeah. see just how successful and how 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 uh, how, how rich you are. And right. I'm going, 
uh, wait a minute. And I'm literally listening to that <laughs> narrative being said. Like, I can feel it in my brain, this narrative. Right. And I'm going, wait, 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 hold on. I'm not any of those things. Yeah. I work at Starbucks for 10 bucks an hour. Starbucks. You know what I mean? Right. I was like, and I was doing that on purpose so that I could create that tension. I was going, I'm going to be poor intentionally yeah. so that I can listen to my ego. And, and, then, and then you call it out. You go, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. Wow. What is giving you the authority to create yeah. that narrative? Because yeah. I will not live through that. I'm right. going to get to the point where sweeping floors for 10 bucks an hour and getting ordered around by kids half my age is something that I can actually find a gift somewhere in that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I, and I'm doing this therapeutic Beauty work. Beauty process. In exactly. Yeah. And I'm doing therapeutic work the whole time. I heard a guy on a TED Talk, and I forget his name, dang it, but he's had a great talk about homeostasis. It is the science of, he, he did a talk called The Science of Happiness. He did some other stuff about the, the movement of time. Yeah. As human beings, we, one of the things that they found in this behavioral science is that we don't like the movement of time. We think that we're stasis. We want to keep, there's something in our, our ego that wants to keep everything the same, and it's very powerful. And there's something to the fact that we know that we're moving, that time is constantly rolling forward, that the presence He's, he used this metaphor of a waves on a beach. Like there's no wall between the water and the sand. It's just water and sand. Mm. And that's how our life is playing out. We're, we are moving through time and we're not static. And you can change. Yeah. You are changing. I've said this from the beginning of starting this podcast, Seth. Yeah. You, you, this, this thing that, oh, people can't change. You're just kind of the way you are. No, that's not true. We are changing. You are changing every day. Yeah. And as we've been recording this, if you've been hearing construction noise, yeah, it's because in the background, the things are changing. There's a construction crew right behind us here. And maybe we should come back and yeah, maybe beautiful. revisit. That beautiful I know, right? Right back there? Yeah. Maybe we should come back, revisit this five years from now yeah. and uh, do idea. some more talk on this. That's a good idea. And when this, when, you'll whatever have, that my is hair will be there. gone and you'll have some. <laughs> That's how go. much it's going to change. I don't know. <laughs> I like this look. At least in the winter, it's not We so can good. change. All it requires is curiosity and courage. That's if right. We've got the curiosity about why we can't change and the courage to go into that tension, you can be anything you want. You That's right. You want. Change your world. Uh, MyPilgrimage.com, my right? MyPilgrimage.com. SethAllenTaylor.com. It's available for five more days. Five more days. This year. This so. will be up very soon. And it will change your life forever. It will. Yeah. And uh, if you have enough take some courage right because some of the stuff you're saying yeah. <laughs> some, some of the curiosity and some courage if you've been raised right in it. church there's some stuff in there that's gonna raise an eyebrow or two and it should it should, it should. absolutely so we have to we have to confront that part of this yeah that's right the fear but it, but it, any fundamentalist if you guys don't if you just want to keep with the same narrative and pretend it keeps working that's okay that's totally yeah. fine Maybe you can write your own deal when it does work. If yeah, it ever does. And, and so that's why we got the I've been doing this for back. 10 years. I've had multiple guests on the show. I can't even count how many guests I've had on the yeah. show. This, this, what this guy wrote, this is working. It's working. My pilgrimage. There you go. I, I don't usually endorse stuff, but here I am because it works. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give him the money later. <laughs> just, yeah, he's not paying me nothing. We're, we're both flat broke as we stand here, but hey. That broken that's, happy. That's right. Flat broken, Flat broken happy. happy. I don't with, work at with the journey. Anymore, I don't work at Starbucks. <laughs> all, right. yeah. all, right. all right. Later. There you go. That's a bumper by Skillet. 
my friend Seth Taylor and I at the under construction Bellevue Park feel invincible. Love that tune. And I don't even really like Christian music. Uh, you know, most Christian music. No, uh, I I like Skillet, man. It's just got those tasty note flavors of classic crunchy metal or something old 90s 80s i don't know i i I like the skillet man like that tune like the band and listen that's a great anthem for the rest of this season of life all right what does it take to have the attitude where you feel invincible like that song feel invincible like the opening credits of the movie story of your new attitude of recovery, of redemption, of change. Because people do change. Time is passing. A year will go by. Seth and I put in our calendar something we said in that video uh, five years from now. Where So we, we're going to have a, Seth and I are going to meet right there at Bellevue Park, uh, September 15th, 2021. And listen, we did this not because we think we're so confident, not because we think we're all that. I mean, I still struggle with even getting out of bed in the morning, all right? But we did it as an exercise in mindfulness about the passing of time and the fact that it's coming five years and something to think about right five years from now there's it's always that thing it's almost cliche now but we will arrive somewhere what's it going to look like there's things being constructed there's things being torn down there's old attitudes and ways of feeling that need to be addressed and reconstructed or reorganic, right? A garden that needs to be cultivated, you know, insert metaphor here. You get what I'm saying, all right? Mindful of the fact that we are not static. It's realizing the illusion of stasis, that our lives are continually in flux, continually growing while things are decaying, that's our lives and it's good all right um but that's going to take some faith uh stick with me stay subscribed to the asi podcast if you like to give to the podcast asi247.org i certainly appreciate that when will the next show be not sure stay tuned um kind of taking it one day at a time as they say in recovery And who knows what the world is going to look like in five years, especially after Donald Trump and or Hillary Clinton become president, right? It's like, yeah, these are the most, uh, I'm not going to get political on the show. I'm not just, you know, most of us don't like our choices here in the United States. Um, The facts are that I, I am excited about the future. I am excited that my brother Seth and I, have a date with redemption, right, in the future. Looking to God as the master, realizing that in the realm of walking with the Spirit, there really is no time, but that we could grow creatures during this time. And I, and I pray that you would come along with us on that journey. Um, 
privately, you know, we're not saying, hey, come follow us because we're some kind of gurus or Seth's a guru or I'm, I've always said that, right? Like, don't follow me. Seth and I are walking with and seeking to follow Jesus, being in Christ and understanding a new paradigm of what that means, because there is a real shift happening. And I think that a lot of this has to do, I don't think, I know that a lot of this has to do with the fact that stubborn sexual lust ran amok, so to speak, right? Sexual addiction, sexual compulsive behavior by people who are in the church, by pastors. Like this is happening and it's sticky and with all the shaming and all the rules and all the step programs of do this, do that. Uh, all the battles in our heads and the battles with our own bodies, all this stuff is not working. And are we going to just be comfortable with the closet demons? Or are we going to take a stand and eradicate them and not allow them to run our lives in the future anymore? All right? Because some folks are going to have a hard time. I mean, I've been called a false teacher before. Seth has. And listen, the ironic thing is that it's by people who are stubbornly stuck in a cycle of consuming images of God's daughters, right? And feeling like, feeling bad about it, but instead of seeking help, picking out our theology apart. Something I wanted to read, I was reading the Bible and this part of scripture really hit me when it comes to some of the critics that are out there. Um, that Seth and I were talking about a little bit in the video. Because, listen, like Craig Gross said, the reason why this material, it's working, right? This material is good, it's healthy, it's spirit-led, and that is changing hearts and minds. Because the old, again, shamey ways are not working. I'm going to read this. It's uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. This is the living translation of this text. Verse 3. They will say it is wrong to be married and go to eat certain foods, but God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faith by people who know the truth. All right. This is part of what we're dealing with. There's all these little nitpicky rules about things that we are saying that I'm saying in this podcast that Seth has said and his brother have said in my pilgrimage. Yet people are still stuck, right? The the consciousness of the men and women who teach the old kind of, you know, God's disappointed in you. You need to do better and try harder. Like, we'd rather continue to play Border Patrol seriously than seek real transformation. Sorry, I, I went on a tirade. Continuing on, verse 4. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. 
verse 6, if you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be worthy of the servant of Christ, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching that you have followed. Don't waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people. I love that. I'm going to leave the show right there. Till next time, bye. ASI is now the property of Digital Audio Project, LLC, and is made possible only by the generous donations and grateful hearts of listeners like yourself. Thanks again for all of you who've given your life energy, your money, to keep this thing rolling. I am grateful beyond words for your support. Till next time. I love you guys. I do mean that sincerely. Even the ones that don't give and think I'm a false teacher. (laughs) I love you guys too. Bye.